0: Hi, I'm Mike Trevisano. I'm ordained as an Osho in our community, the Dragonfly Sangha. I'll be talking about the worldly winds of pleasure and pain, wrapping up a series of talks between myself and my brother, Osho Brad Furman, about all eight of the worldly winds Brad started with gain and loss, and then I talked about status and disgrace. Brad talked last week about praise and blame, and I'll wrap it up with pleasure and pain. And just like the other eight, Pleasure and pain sits on two opposing sides of a, of a chasm, right? There's, I want experiences in life that are pleasurable, sensory pleasurable, that are fun, that are happy, that are light, right? I s- chase after them. That's what I want in my life. And I run from experiences that are painful, that are heavy, that are sad, that are take a lot of work, right? That I have an aversion to those, and I have an attachment to the, to the pleasurable side of things. And that they're, they're wins, that I chase after them, and that they chase after me, and that I just believe that if I can get it, then my life will be happy, right? But overall, that's what a good life is about. Pleasurable experiences, high degree of status, lots of, lots of Praise, lots of gain, right? Lots of wealth, right? If I get those things, that's a good life. We've talked over the past couple weeks about the trick that that is, that that's not how it seems to actually work out. And we can test this in our own experiences. That we can see, I, I, I can see it in my own life. I've chased after things that I thought would make me happy. I've gotten them, and they didn't make me happy. Ultimately, something went wrong. Ultimately, they just went away. They were impermanent. That the camera in my iPhone three that was supposed to change everything for me, right? Like is not that great anymore. Right. And I need (laughs) I need I need a new one, right? That this is that this is the way of life. This is the way of the eight worldly winds. But there's something important uh, I want to talk this week about, and that is this idea uh, There's a misconception, I think, in, in Buddhism, in Buddhist thought, uh, for, uh, that in order to, to eliminate the suffering that comes from chasing these eight worldly winds, I need to rid myself of all sense of chasing after them. I need to remove all of my attachments. I need to remove all of the aversion from the bad thing. I need to become something uh, different than what I am fundamentally. And uh, I say this is a misconception because who I am in the world, who I tend to think I am, this Mike thing that lives in the world and, and does things, uh, there's not, nothing, fundamentally wrong with this aspect of myself that wants things, that like enjoys experiences, that seeks out pleasure. The only thing that gets me into trouble is when this drive for these things, for this side of the worldly winds that's good, is when it causes me to suffer or when it causes harm for myself and for others. When that's the case, then then I need to look at them mindfully and I need to understand what's going on for me because ultimately this chase after something that I think is going to be helpful is not being helpful. It's being harmful. Like, what's, what's going on for me in there? What's, what's, what kind of belief is that rooted in that's generating thoughts that aren't clear, that's generating emotion that, that is suffering, that generates an action and a consequence that puts harm out into the world? If that's the cycle, then I want to look at it. But if it's not, then it's just me being me in the world. There's really nothing wrong with that. It's like the the line from Hamlet: "There's nothing that is good nor bad, only thinking makes it so." Right? Like these, we've voiced these eight worldly winds as good and bad, but but it's all a matter of context and suffering and how they are met in the world, in myself, in my heart, and with others. They're just an aspect of who I am. The important thing to know, though, is that there's another aspect of who I am. You know, we we talked before that the eight worldly winds, they live in the world of what we would call metaphorically the ego self, the Mike self in the world, the way Mike sees the world and experiences the world. And that this is just an aspect of what I do and what I have. It's the world of doing stuff and having stuff. But that there's this other aspect, this aspect of beingness that we would call my true self. And that this true self aspect is not dependent on what I do or what I have. That doesn't matter how hard those eight worldly winds blow. They can't shake that most fundamental aspect of who I am. There's tremendous wisdom in this aspect of who I am, in this this aspect of beingness. And this wisdom is seeing it clearly, seeing the eight worldly winds for what they are, that it isn't just a black or a white, that nothing is just black or white, good or bad. I think a, a terrific picture to reference here is that Image. I'll take it from the Dallas. That image of the of the yin and yang, right? Just we you all know that picture. The swirling black and the swirling white. And there's a white dot in the black, and there's a black dot in the white. And that those dots are important because the swirling between you know the swirling of the black and the white it represent this impermanence. That things that are good change, and they're no longer good. The iPhone three is not camera isn't any good anymore right it's ridiculously bad compared to now right and the things that we think are are bad ultimately change times change things get better again right but what's Im- i think is really important is it's not just a matter of things changing over a time scale but this notion of those dots that white dot in the black swirl and the black dot in the white swirl represent that In each of these things that I might label as good or bad, it contains the seed of the other. That something that I consider today to be incredibly wonderful and pleasurable has in it the seed of the opposite. For example, I don't know if there's anything in my own personal life that I get more pleasure out of than hanging out with my son. My son is super cool. He's super funny. He's, he's, like, he's just fun to be around. He's like fun to listen to him talk. He's got this rapier wit. I love to laugh, as you might have guessed. And man, he says stuff that is just so freaking funny. I love it. But in this pleasure of hanging out with my son, there's the pain in knowing he, he's going to move away. He's 17. He goes to college next year, and then who knows where right? Inherent in the pleasurable experience of hanging out is the, is the seed of the other side, is the pain of knowing that it, that it ends. But in the opposite, so now we go to the other side. In the pain of knowing that it ends, that, that my son is going to no longer live here, he's going to go move on, is the seed of knowing that that's how he has his own life. That's how it all happens for him. That's the entry point for all of the things in life that are most wonderful and most joyful and most fun. And I get to watch that. That is pure pleasure too. So that in the pain of knowing he leaves, I get the, I get the seed of knowing. I get to watch. I get to watch what happens next and have fun doing it. Supporting him, loving him, being there with him. That these things operate together in an ever-changing, crazy, swirling drama. That things are not black or white, they're black and they're white. This is sort of the entry point into what's known traditionally as the Four Awakened Abodes. Seen from this state of beingness, the first Awakened state. The fir- first awakened abode is known as equanimity or pekka and I, I think lately I've, I've been much more into uh, instead of the, using the word equanimity, I, I think inner peace feels better. Equanimity to me has brings a context of like emotionless, or it can, it threatens to, right? At least for me, and. Uh, I will be I will not see things as good nor bad. I will be evenly tempered no matter what I see. As I drive down the road I see a horrible accident or pile up. But it is neither good nor bad. I see it. It is just what it is. Oh look, there are children playing and dancing with them in a field of butterflies. That is neither good nor bad. I am even. And I, I, that's not what equanimity is all about. That's not, that's not what it is. Equanimity is seeing that picture of life clearly. is understanding that things change. But understanding that it is in that change that the most wonderful things of life come from and that seeing in the most wonderful things of life that they are worth our gratitude because they, they may not last. They won't last. It is seeing it clearly and understanding it, taking comfort in it. And when I do that, I'm led to the second of the four awakened abodes, which is metta, or love, or loving kindness, the sense of love and kindness that is natural, that exudes naturally from this place of inner peace. I can see these things with a sense of spaciousness, and support, no matter what it is. And from this love, when this love encounters suffering, it naturally changes to the third awakened state, compassion. It just naturally happens. I don't have to look for it. It just happens. And when love encounters happiness, somebody doing something and they're truly finding pleasure in it, this eight worldly win, I'm found I find myself in the fourth awakened state, which is joy, mudita. That these things come from not the ego-self world of the eight worldly winds where I'm blowing all over the place, right? They come from my very ground of being, my true self, the place where all else comes from. Seeing it clearly, I can experience these things that don't get blown away. They... Eight Worldly Winds can't can't come up against them. I'm reminded, just came off my head. In some of the texts of the battle between the Siddhartha and Mara, as Siddhartha is sitting under the, the Bodhi tree, right? And he's sitting under the Bodhi tree just prior to the moment of enlightenment. And Mara is throwing all of the eight worldly winds at him, right? He's, lust and pride and greed and you know what about this dude what about this huh you can have this i'll give you everything right he's tempting him right and the buddha is sitting there uh in this pure state of equanimity of of inner peace and in one of the texts there's a bunch of texts about them but one uh talks about uh mara sending the wind of lies and the Siddhartha is able to conjure up a mountain of truth that no wind can surmount, and I think that's what he's talking about. He's talking this uh, metaphorically, talking about this place of beingness that isn't lacking. You couldn't add to it if you if you wanted to, because nothing can be subtracted from it. Everything is there already. But I got to pray I have to remind myself of this stuff. This is what the practice of mindfulness is all about. The practice of taking the precepts. The practice of daily reminding myself of my intent of waking up and, and not metaphorically reminding myself, but physically going up to a sacred place in my home and saying, Dude, I want this is what I want most in my life. Don't forget that. <laughs> Be this thing in your life. And doing that every single day. Literally doing it. And when I, when I catch myself suffering, that, that I take the time to mindfully investigate those thoughts and see how I can transform them to something helpful. And that I, that, I, that I do meditate, that I take some time out and I can check out what's going on in there, that I do the practices to find myself where I most want to be to make that a priority. We know it's not easy. So if we can ever be of help, please reach out to us. Uh, reach out on, on Sensei Tony's website, askSenseiTony.com. Leave a comment here on YouTube or on Facebook, wherever. You, know, you may have seen the ad for this video. Whatever. We work with people from all over the place, and we are happy to do it. It's what we took about to do it. We love it. So reach out to us. Any questions you have, any help you might need, if you're just interested in studying, Be well. May you live fully. May you love freely. May you give completely.